Lord Jesus, we are excited what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for this the great testimony of setting Julian free from anxiety, from social anxiety. And Lord, just thank you for setting all of us free from so many things. Thank you that you're in the process of setting us free from more stuff and that the people that that we're becoming, we're not there yet, but that you're, you're making us into something new day by day by day, and we get to know you more, and you're giving us life, life to the fullest. And I just, just thank you for that, for doing that in my own life and doing that in the lives of so many people who walk in and out of this building during the week. And we thank you that we get to be a part of your family. Thank you that you're going to speak to us now. Would you open our minds and our hearts? Open our eyes to see things that we've never seen before, and would you change our lives because of it? Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, let me tell you what we're doing. Like I said, we're doing a Bible study, and we've got Annika right there who's got Bibles. So if you don't have a Bible, you need a Bible. We're in the book of Acts. We've been going through the book of Acts for quite a while. We're in Acts chapter 14 tonight, but let me just tell you where we've been. The, the book of Acts is an account written, a historical account written by Dr. Luke about what the Holy Spirit of Jesus did through his disciples in the years after he stepped off this planet. That campaign that Jesus started hasn't ended. It's continued to this day, and we're getting close to being done, but we're not there yet. So what, part of what we're doing here tonight is training you guys to train other people, to train other people to finish this great commission that Jesus gave us when he left. It's the most important thing that is going on on this planet right now. Whatever, I mean, if I was to ask, if you're to ask the average person on the street, what's the most important thing going on on this planet right now, they'd probably say something that has nothing to do with this. But this is the most important thing. Is we are building a kingdom that has outlasted every other kingdom and that will last into eternity. It's exciting. There's nothing more exciting. And if church is boring to you, then it's because you didn't know the king of the universe. There's no movie, there's no adventure that's exciting as being, as, that is as exciting as being a part of this thing. So guys, get ready, because there's more to come. This is training time. This is, this is preparation time for what God's got in store for people at the Cornerstone. So, Acts chapter 14. We're going we're gonna to jump into this. Paul and Barnabas, P and J, are on their first missionary journey sent out from Antioch, which is in northern Syria, but they just passed through Antioch that is in Turkey. There's two Antiochs. So we just finished what we, what we talked about last week was when they, actually, let's back up a couple verses and read the last bit of what they did in Pisidian Antioch, which is in Turkey. So in Acts 13, um, verse 51, let's go to 50. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Get out of here. So Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet, saying, we don't, okay, we don't even want to take the dust away from you guys, in protest against them, and they went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? Persecution happens, they're like, yeah, this is good. Okay, you guys probably had persecution today. The question is, did you have any joy? And were you filled with joy and were you filled with the Holy Spirit in spite of the persecution that happened? Well, what we're going to find out is it doesn't end here because in the next verse in chapter 14, we're going to find out what Paul and Barnabas did when they got to Iconium. Okay, so they get to Iconium and verse 1, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogue. So would you guys underline in your Bibles, if you own your own Bible, underline uh, 
as usual, they went to the Jewish synagogue. So it's easy to read over them things. So big deal. They went to the Jewish synagogue. Well, I, go, I want you guys to think about what's significant about this. Okay, what's significant about the fact that they went to the Jewish synagogue? Well, what just happened back in Pisidian Antioch? They had gone to the Jewish synagogue. And all kinds of chaos erupted, and they got kicked out of the city because of it. They've been run out of town, and now they've, they, there's, it's about a 32-hour hike from Pisidian Antioch to Iconium. So they've been 32 hours of hiking. I'm sure they slept a little bit on the way. They probably kicked back and stopped at Starbucks and a couple places like that. But they get to Iconium, which is modern-day modern Konya in Turkey, and these guys don't give up. Think about how determined they are. They're like, okay. They kicked us out of that place. Next. And they walk into the Jewish synagogue ready for more. Okay, what's the lesson for us? Just want you guys to think about what the lesson is first. What's the, what's the takeaway? Think about this. Think about what it would take for you not to finish the mission that Jesus has sent you on. Okay? These guys get kicked out of town. They don't give up. They're determined. And as I was reading through this, even just now as we're worshiping, I'm just thinking about the, the, the determination of these guys. They're not giving up. The most determined person in history, other than Jesus himself, um, was a guy who was set on building a kingdom for himself. And even though I don't like the guy as a person, I like the way he worked. Do you guys know who Alexander the Great is? I mean, this guy was relentless. He would not give up. He wanted to defeat everybody. And one of the m most exciting stories that I've read of Alexander the Great was when he got, finally got to India. He's, like, he's just like, we got to conquer people. I mean, why he felt like he had to conquer people, who knows? That's the, that's the stupid, stupidity of the whole thing. But the guy was relentless. And the thing I like about Alexander the Great is he wasn't a guy who sent his soldiers into battle before in front of him. He led the way. And there's this battle that they're fighting in India. They got, they've gotten to India. And they're attacking this walled city. And he, he's, he's just relentless, and he's passionate. He's got to win this fight, too. And he's got guys making ladders. And he gets so frustrated that they're taking so long to make this ladder that he just goes up there, and, he's, and he wraps up the ladder, and he throws it up against the wall, and he climbs. It's not a big wall, obviously. He throws the, the ladder up against the wall, and he climbs up and gets on top of the wall, and there's just a shower of arrows from the inside coming, and he gets shot. And he realizes that if, if he's going to live, he's got to get down inside the wall. So he jumps inside of this walled city in India. And, of course, his, his guys outside are freaked out, and they're thinking, our our, our master is in there with the enemy. So they all scramble up over him, and they get inside, and they bust open the gates. And, of course, the, the Alexander's army destroys the city. And Alexander almost dies. He almost dies. But he doesn't care because he beat the city. And he does, he does get healed, and he lives for a few more years and goes back on his way home. Um, he doesn't want to go home because he wants to go on to China and defeat whatever other armies he can find. But his... His guys are finally like, guys, we've had enough. We need to go back. So they go back. They go back to, the, to Babylon, and he dies of malaria. His kingdom was over, um, divided up among his four generals. But I love his passion. I love his determination. Okay, so Paul and Barnabas aren't quite, maybe they're not, they're not fighting like Alexander the Great was, but they're determined to whatever happened to them yesterday, they're not stopping. 
They're not worried about getting shot. They're not worried about getting killed. They're not worried about anything. They are fearless. They walk into the Jewish synagogue, and they get ready to proclaim the message of Jesus. But I'm just, I'm, I just, I'm asking you guys to think, to get that picture in your mind of Peter, I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas, or of Alexander the Great. Whether there's arrows flying at you, or whether there's words and plots against your life, that there's something worth charging into battle for. There's something worth continuing in, even if you have been hurt last week, like Paul and Barnabas had been. Okay, just think about what I just asked you a minute ago. How bad do things have to go for you for you to not finish the mission that Jesus called you to? Okay? So many people who will not go to the place of worship because they're afraid of what could happen because of something that happened before. Okay, so the first thing I want you guys to write down about Paul and Barnabas and about you is these guys go to the house of worship. You guys see this? They go to the house of worship. And guys, if, you got, if you're serious, if you're serious about following Jesus and fulfilling his purpose for you for the rest of your life, I'm begging you to make it absolutely high priority to be in the house of God. Even if the people in the house of God don't got their theology all right. You guys hear what I'm saying? Paul and Barnabas, they go, they, go the, they go to the synagogue not simply to try to convert everybody. Obviously, that's their, that's their motivation. They want, they want the people in the synagogue to know the truth. But they do go to worship the Lord, even though they know that the people in the synagogue might hurt them because that's what has happened before. And just, just a couple days ago, I heard another, another story, another example of somebody who's been at Grace Community Church for about 25 years who just, I just found it two days ago. He's told his family that he's not going to be a Christian anymore. I'm like, what is the deal? How can this happen again? How can it happen? And, and let me tell you how this happens. I know how it happens with so many people. They come to church, and Jesus does something in their lives. They, they, they give testimony of the greatness of God because God has been great in their life, and they start to learn they start to worship. They start to serve. And they get busy, a part of the church community. But their life gets busy, too. And they move, they move forward. And as they get older, things press in. they got to do stuff. they got to take care of jobs. job. they got to take care of their kids. they got to take care of their bills. And then they get stuff that they got to do that they don't have time to do. And so what they do is they think, okay, I know what I'll do. I can, I can cut corners on this commitment to God's people. Because really, I can just get the podcast anyway. And I got great music on Spotify. So I can listen to, I can get the worship music as I'm driving. And I'll listen to the podcast. And think of, instead of going and getting all that done and taking two, three hours out of my Sunday or Thursday night, I can just, I can get the, the podcast. I can listen to worship music. And I'm good. Guys, we don't go to church to listen, to get some worship music. We don't even go to church to get a sermon. I mean, we don't, we, I, even though we're, tr- we're, in, we're in the process of training people here at the Cornerstone, the, the number one reason that you come to the Cornerstone on a Thursday night or to go to church on a Sunday morning is not for what I say. And the proof of it is that you've been to, to you, so many of you have been to church services that you didn't learn anything. But the Spirit of God was there. I, I've been so, in some pretty boring church services, but I went Anyway, because I, was, I knew that if I just showed up with God's people where Jesus says two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be there in their midst. Guys, 
you don't decide whether you go to church or not based on how well the pastor preaches or how good the worship team is. And, and if you don't believe that, I want to invite you to come and be a part of some churches with me over on the other side of the world that, are, that have no flash to them at all. And yet the Spirit of God is there. Because the people came there to meet with Jesus not because they wanted to hear a good sermon or have good music. And what people do is they start cutting corners and they're like, I can get the podcast, I can listen to worship music, and pretty soon that becomes a lifestyle. And, and, and this guy that just decided after 25 years that he's not following Jesus anymore, I've seen him cutting corners. He used to be skipping, skipping Sunday once a month, then skipping Sunday twice a month. And I know his kids... And now, and now I hardly ever see him. And now it's like, okay. And you know what happened? He probably thought those people don't care about me anyway. Because you, you didn't come to the merge and go to church because people cared about you. You came to care about them and to meet with Jesus. I mean, you think I come to, you think I come to the cornerstone every day I work, because everybody cares about me? The truth is, so many people here do care about me. And I love you guys so much. But that's not why I first came here. You guys weren't even here. I came here with a vision of building Jesus' kingdom and, and recruiting people who would be a part of this kingdom-building process all over the world. That's what you're here for. I'm here to give my life for you guys. I didn't make my decision about whether to be here tonight based on what I got out of it. I came here tonight so I could give myself away. And with that attitude, you can't lose. Because the person who wants to give the most receives the most. And the person who wants to receive the most is the person who doesn't get anything at all. Okay, so the first thing I want, I want you guys to write down about Paul and Barnabas is that they set an example of going to the house of worship. Okay, I want you guys to see what, what else happens. Because of their commitment to go to the house of worship, look what happens. The second part of verse 1. They spoke so effectively, underline that, they spoke so effectively that a great number, underline that too, a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Wow. Jews believed. Gentiles believed. Why? Why did they believe? What's that again? Because of their, because they spoke well. Do you see what he says? They spoke so effectively that these people believed. Okay, so how did Paul and Barnabas get to be such effective speakers? Practice. Exactly. Oh, great. Practice. Holy Spirit. What else? What's that? They learned. They, okay, think about this. Okay, you guys, they became, they, they opened their mouth and spoke what they had learned by the power of the Holy Spirit. They spoke scripture. It's not okay for me to encourage you guys to represent Jesus over there if you don't know how to speak. Some of you guys have watched you become excellent at sharing the gospel of Jesus with people. Some of you guys, some of you guys are like, like I was. Maybe like I still am. Like, I talk funny. People laugh when I talk. Who cares? Who cares what I sound like? Who cares if people laugh when I talk? I had some guy yesterday and he said, like, Man, where are you from? You have a funny accent. I was like, I know everybody, everybody I meet says that. I, yeah, thank you. She says, I don't think you have a funny accent. Thank you. Thank you. You've gotten used to me. Okay. That's because I'm not using my true accent. That's why. <laughs> Do you want to know my true accent? <laughs> okay. Here's what I want you guys to get. They opened their mouth and they spoke. Three, th three things I want you guys to get. They knew, these guys knew the scriptures. The reason that people heard what they said and believed is because these guys knew the scriptures. 
Paul and Barnabas knew the scriptures. I'm begging you guys to learn the scriptures. You're not gonna, it's, it's not going to work for us to build a kingdom if you, don't know, if you don't know the textbook. You can't become a doctor unless you get the degree. And you don't have to get a degree. You don't have to prove anything to go out and represent Jesus and tell people what Jesus did for you. But I'm asking you to know this book inside and out. And it's not enough to read it and know that it says something in James about something. I'm asking you guys to memorize Scripture. And some of, you, some of, the, some of the small group leaders are talking about putting together a small group that is just a Scripture memory small group. In fact, maybe that's going to be one of our, our courses here, like a six-week course. Like, hey, if you really want to, we finish leadership training, and now we're going to spend six weeks doing a Scripture memory course. So who's going to put that together? Thank you, Jessica. Okay. So, I mean, seriously, guys, we got to know this book. We gotta, and it's not enough to know that it says somewhere, some, in some, something good somewhere in the Bible. you got to know it here. Because when the attacks come, you don't have time to grab your Bible and look up in your, in your concordance where that verse is. you got to know the verse by heart. Okay, so these guys knew the scripture. They had the Holy Spirit power in them. The Holy Spirit, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit in them. And then, you know what? The, the other thing is, they opened their mouths and spoke. They made a decision. At a point in time, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Part of the reason that people in your classes haven't heard of the message of Jesus is because the people that were sitting next to him, like you, didn't tell them. I'm asking you guys to open your mouths and speak. Okay, so the first thing I wanted you guys to write down was they went to the house of God for, to, to worship. Second thing I want you to write down is they proclaimed the message and people believed. Okay? Let's see what happens. Verse 2. But the Jews who refused to believe, underline that, refused to believe. Just want, I want you guys to think about that they, they refused to believe. It wasn't that they couldn't believe. They didn't want to believe. Every person that ends up in hell, think about this, guys. Every person that ends up in hell does not end up in hell because of their sin. You know why? Because Jesus paid for their sin. Does that make sense? Did Jesus pay for the sins of all humanity? Absolutely. First John 2, 2. He paid not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. All sin nailed to the cross of Jesus. All sin paid for. That means that nobody has to go to hell for their sin. The reason that people go to hell is because what it says here, they refused to believe. Okay? People go to hell. There's a verse in 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 that says they, they perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. So, so the Jews refused to believe. These Jews that refused to believe, they stirred up the Gentiles. They didn't want other people to believe. And they poisoned their minds against the brothers, against Paul and Barnabas, that is. Okay, here's what I want you guys to see. First of all, Paul and Barnabas opened their mouths and people believed, right? These people, these other people opened their mouths and poisoned the minds of other people. Some people believed, some people didn't believe. And the determining factor between whether some people believed and, and other people didn't believe was the influence that the words spoken by people had on them. You guys hear what I'm saying? What, I'm, what, I'm, what I want you guys to think about is how powerful words are. The words you speak tonight either are pointing people towards Jesus or they're pe pointing people away from Jesus. Oh, snap. That's right. 
That's right. And you choose with everything you say whether the people listening are going to move toward him or move away from him. So just, I want to ask you to examine your heart right now. Think about, think about your day today. With words that you spoke today, words that, that pointed people towards Jesus or pointed people towards a poisoning of their minds. Okay, so the third thing that I want you guys to write down, first thing was these guys went to the house of God to worship. Second thing I ask you guys to write down is that they proclaimed the message and people believed. The third thing that I ask you to write down is they faced op- opposition and lies. Okay, so I want you to see how Paul and Barnabas respond to the poison. Verse 3. So, you guys see that? Circle the word so. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. Why did Paul and Barnabas spend considerable time there in Iconium? Because of the lies. They, so that word so means they, they were about to do something because of something that just happened. Because of the lies, the poisoning words that people spoke against the truth, they said, okay, we got to stay here and fix this thing. We can't just walk away and let people believe these lies. Because of the poisoning. In other words, they could have just, the people had come to the Lord. They could have walked away and said, praise God, those people know the Lord. No, they, they, they said, we're staying here because they took truth seriously. And they stay there in Iconium for, for a while, for, what does it say? For a considerable time because of the lies that are being told. And they stayed, look what it says. They, what did they do? What They stayed. They stayed for a considerable time doing what? Speaking boldly for the Lord. Okay, here's what I want you guys to write down. This fourth thing. They respond to the poisoning, the, op- the opposition, the lies against the truth. They respond with boldness and courage. Okay, what's the application for us? Just think about this. Day after day after day, there is a poisoning of people's minds, an attempt to poison people's minds, to attempt to blind people from the truth on this campus and in this city and in the, in the, in the TV programs, in the movies that you watch, in the books you read. There is a, is a conscious conspiracy against the truth to destroy the minds and the way of thinking of people in this country. And Peter and John, I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas, Respond with boldness and courage. How are you going to respond? This is a real question. You don't have to answer me now. But I want you guys to think about how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to the, poison, the effort to poison the minds of people. Okay, so the fourth, the fourth thing that I want you to write, write down is that they respond with boldness and courage. The fifth thing I want to ask you guys to write down is from verse 3. Let's read that first. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. Okay, fifth thing I want you guys to write down is whole, the Holy Spirit responds to their boldness and their courage by backing them up with supernatural proof. 
Do you guys understand? So you see, see the sequence? There's opposition to what they're saying. They're not scared. They're not scared to die. They act like whatever happens to us, this is worth it. They respond with boldness and courage, and the Holy Spirit responds to their boldness and courage by validating what they're saying with supernatural signs. I want you guys to see that Paul and Barnabas, they're not just, they're not just talking. They have proof of the Holy Spirit through their lives to back up what they are saying. And here's what I want you guys to think about. That the Holy Spirit, the whole, would, would the Holy Spirit have done those signs and wonders that it talks about here had Paul and Barnabas not been full of boldness and courage? I don't think so. And I thought, as I'm, as I'm, th- as I'm pondering this this afternoon, I'm thinking, Lord, is it possible that the reason that we don't see more signs and wonders is because your people are quick to back up when opposition and poisoning comes. I think we can expect, if we want to expect the Holy Spirit to do powerful things to us, then I think we can expect to follow through with what, with boldness and courage every time that opposition comes. Okay. The next thing I want you guys to write down is from verse 4. Let's see what happens here. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. Okay, here's the point. If you respond on this campus and in your workplace and with your professors and in your careers, if you guys will respond over the long haul of over the next 16,000 days of your life to being bold and courageous in the face of the poisoning and the lies and the attack that comes against you, there are going to be some people who side with you and there's going to be some people who side with the other side and come against you. You guys see what it says there? The city was divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. Okay, here's what I want you to write down. Society will be divided because of your words. That's expected. The things that you say about Jesus will divide. So get ready. People are going to come against you, and you're invited to know how to respond to those attacks. And I'm just asking you guys to get ready. we got a Tuesday night group that's developing an apologetics. There's an apologetics group led by Roger. Is Roger here tonight? Okay, Roger and Ken Bangston, who's getting a Ph.D. in apologetics. And we want you guys um, to, to take advantage of that and to learn how to, not how to argue, but how to gently and humbly and boldly, respectfully, be able to answer the attacks of fool, from foolish that result from foolish lies of people who don't know the truth. And just as you guys think about your future, I want you to think there's a thousand ways that you guys in this room can fight the lies. That you can work against the plans of Satan in this world. I hope that there's people in this room who will become lawyers, who will become script writers, who will become video editors, who will become textbook writers, who will become school board people, who will become principals, who will become the president of universities. I mean, why not? Why not? Why not believers? Why don't you guys? I, I, mean, I think God's asking us to do this. We're, ta- we're, in a, we're in a battle against the lies of the devil. Let's take over. Yeah, there's going to be division. The, wor- the world is going to be divided over us. That's okay. 
I mean, there's no unity out there anyway. There's a false unity. And you come in and you point out the fact that, that there's some things we won't stand for, and all of a sudden you're considered to be a, a dividing person and Christianity is a dividing religious idea. You know what? We just point out the truth, that we stand for the truth. And we do it gently, we do it humbly, we do it lovingly. We never attack people for who they are. We just, but we do attack ideologies. Our struggle is against ideas. Okay, so would you guys write down? Society will, will be divided. Okay, seventh thing I want you guys to write down comes from verse 5. Verse 5 says this. There was a plot aloof, a foot. There was a plot afoot among the Jew, Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat and stone them. To mistreat and stone who? Paul and Barnabas. Okay. In other words, we, just, we already talked about opposition. Now we're talking about a scheme to put these guys to death. Here's what I want you guys to write down. If you stand for Jesus... The opposition will increase. If the opposition isn't increasing, what does that mean? Either the, either the battle is over and the world has been won to Jesus, or you're going with the flow of the world. If you stand for Jesus, opposition will increase. And then verse 6, but they found out about it. They found out about the opposition, and they fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra, Lystra and Derby, and to the surrounding country. Where, this is what I want you guys to underline here, verse 7, where they continued to preach the good news. Okay, the eighth thing that I want you guys to write down is there's no stopping us. The disciples advance. The kingdom continues we're an unstoppable force, and nothing's going to stop us. We're taking over this world. We are. Join us or don't join us. But there is nothing that's going to stand against the name of Jesus and his kingdom. Okay, a couple thoughts here. There are times that you stay. There's opposition and you stay, and you stay, and you stay, and there's a time to say, okay, time's up, we're done, let's move on. And it takes Holy Spirit guidance to know when to move. But when we do move, when we move jobs because of the opposition, or we move schools, or we decide not to live with that roommate anymore, or we decide, okay, I can't stay with my parents anymore, we don't do it out of a sense of retreat. We do it, a, we do it out of a sense of we are advancing in a new territory because God has a, something else for us to do in a bigger way in the new place. Okay, so was he putting these up here during while I was talking? Did you put any of that up there? Did he, did he already put that up there? I wasn't looking at it. Okay, here, this is just a summary of what we just did. And you guys who are, who are, who are wrapping up, we got eight people who are going to wrap this up in a couple seconds. Why don't you guys want to start lining up here? But here, I just, they're each going to take one of these and, and just proclaim the truth for us of who we are as a community of people. So, so I just want you guys to look at this. They go into the house of worship. We're a community of people that we, we, we stick with the community of God's people. They proclaim, they went, Paul and Barnabas, they proclaim the message and people believe. We're a community of people who are going to proclaim the message and people believe. We're going to face opposition and lies. We're going to respond with boldness and courage. The Holy Spirit is going to back up our message with miracles and signs. We are going to divide the world. People, some are going to follow Jesus. 
stick with us? Some aren't. That's not going to stop us. The result of that is going to be opposition is going to increase. And the result of that is we are going to advance in a new territory and the kingdom of darkness is going to fall because of King Jesus. Okay, who's first here? Each of them, each of them, <laughs> starting with Ashley, is going to take is going to take one of these things that you guys wrote down and proclaim the truth of who we are in regards to this. Proclaim this great message to anyone who will listen. We will declare the truth of Jesus to the UTA campus, to the city of Arlington, and our classrooms, our workplaces, our families, with our roommates, our friends, our bosses, our co workers, and to our professors. We will not ignore the needs of the people in the world who are desperate to know the truth. And we will proclaim this message because we know that when people who are thirsty to hear the truth will believe. poisoner of truth. He is the father of lies. He has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Hello. Um, 
hands. So I just want you guys to just close your eyes in this part. Just close your eyes and hold out your arm and just receive this truth and proclaim it into your heart. So we... We are the community of God's people who will not back down from the intimidation the devil throws at us through his poison. Although he is the father of lies, deceit, and death, remember that the reason of that the reason of the Son of God came was to destroy the devil's work. So we are not intimidated by him at all because we are in Christ and the devil is under the feet of Jesus, which means we are also have the same authority because we are the children of God. So therefore, no weapon from against us shall prosper. We will refute every tongue that accuses us because God has promised that our vindication is from him and the word can attack us, but it cannot hurt us because we are shielded by the spirit. Our life comes from him and we have nothing to fear. Though a thousand may fall on our side, we will keep soaring and be victorious. So here's the good news. Satan is a defeated foe and he cannot touch us. The God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us, so we will stand and rejoice, continuing to proclaim the greatness of our great God, Jesus. Okay, I want you to receive it, and I declare it on you, okay? We are a community of God's people, and the Holy Spirit works in us. He lives in us individually and collectively. He promises, have faith, and you will do the things that he did on this earth. I say don't stop it. Do even greater. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Love one another in truth and deed. Freely you have been given. Freely receive it. Freely give it out. Oh Lord. Do it with an expectation. With an expectation that when you ask from the Father, that he will give it to you. Believe that he's already given it to you. He has given us the authority to tread over snakes and scorpions. He has given us the authority to overcome all evil and power of the enemy. We are the ambassadors for Christ. The victory is yours. The victory is here. His anointing is in this room and his anointing is on all of you all. We are a community of God's people who will not compromise or sit silently in the steeple. As truth is trampled in the streets, don't be the one to hide under the sheets. There can be no unity in a society that teaches us that truth is not reality. We understand that there will be differences for the truth is that all people are equally precious. We cannot agree to the foolishness that claims no absolute truth. To those who would claim such silliness, we simply ask you, is that absolute truth? It can't be. And so Jesus said our message will turn. A man against father, a daughter against mother, an in-law against in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. But truth will prevail. We are the community of God's people who know the opposition will increase. Whenever we preach and proclaim the name of our King Jesus, the more the world will hate us. Institutions will rise and revolt and stand against God's chosen people and the kingdom that we are building. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, wars, famines, earthquakes, and lies. 
There will be a man who will declare himself as God, stand in his temple and demand to be worshipped. A man who opposes all things that are good and worthy of praise. Wickedness will increase. Our enemies will be out to kill us, stop us, and destroy us any way that, we, any way that they can. But our God is a God of redemption and restoration, so that is not the end of the story. victory there's a day coming when Jesus will be here and the rest is history he will come back and there will be no lack he will usher in a reign of peace and that will that will never end he will wipe away tears they won't break or bend there will be no death no mourning no crying or pain he will make all things new and only his word will remain he offers the water of life to all who thirst he will be our god and we will be his children that he loved first and creation will be made new all things will reverse nothing impure can hurt us because jesus lifted the curse the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea just look up to the heavens child you've been set free but wait that's not the end of the story it's just begun we will have an amazing future ahead of us full of life love and fun and let's just declare that let's just praise Jesus everybody just stand up let's praise Jesus and then we'll end it let's praise Jesus let's end with praising Jesus Everybody just yell out, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there is power. There is power. Oh, there is power.